Reading tonight from the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 10, verse 10. 10, 10. It's easy to remember. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. That's the negative part of this verse, okay? Second part says, and I am come, Jesus is being recorded here, I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Sometimes we have to look at the negative. I know sometimes people just want to look at the positive and find the good in everything. And we can. We can find the good. But we sometimes, it's of necessity to be realistic, to recognize that there are times in life that are not pleasant, but there are times in the Bible that are very realistic and very very particular as Jesus expounded this particular subject. Kind of falls kind of in the middle of his subject. And the subject, he was regarding the uh, being the he as the good shepherd and the relationship to the sheep being us, being the people of God that would follow the good shepherd. But he sends out this this warning, it's an extremely good warning, that the, the description of a thief, the motivations of a thief, if you will, and I, I narrowed it down, I call it the goal of a thief. What would be the goal of a, a thief? Just a, a common thief uh, that are around and about in our current society. Uh, one goal of a thief would be, where are the valuables kept? Okay, where are the valuables kept? And we keep Jesus in our heart. That's where the values are, our valuable part of our life is we keep the Lord in our life. We keep him in our heart. We, we guard our heart. It's, it's precious to us. We know when the Lord found us, we were not exactly worth anything, but Jesus saved us from our sins anyway. He set the captive free. And we were the captive one. So the, the thief is looking for valuable things. Then is, when can I break in? All right, that would be something that a thief would, thinking through the process of being a thief, if you're going to be a thief, you should think these things through. When can I break in? Well, we, we remain alert at all times. We walk in the light. If you notice, quite often, protection in, in our society is to put a lot of lights around your home. And there's these lights that go on and off. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, they're motion uh, uh, motivated. And then they'll go on and then they'll go off. Uh, but the whole idea is that we don't want the, the thief to, we want the thief to think we're home and, and uh, just go away, go somewhere else. But they don't like the light. I don't think the, I don't know what the statistics are, but I, I seriously doubt that there's many statistics for thievery during the daytime. I imagine there is. Uh, some people go into stores in the daytime and, and steal things in, in daylight. And uh, that's a sad, sad, sad situation. 
Then you might want to consider, what if I get caught? Sometimes thief is repetitious thief. They, they over and over again are uh, fulfilling their dream life of stealing stuff that other people paid for. It's not a very good idea. Well, we know who the thief is in this case. The thief is Satan. He is the thief. And Satan has already been caught, tried, and sentenced. Jesus paid full price that he might try Satan essentially at the cross. When he died at Calvary, he paid the price to put put the thief out of business. That doesn't mean the thief is completely gone right now. The thief is still actively involved in stealing from mankind. He's after your heart. He's after your soul. He wants to take your soul and destroy it. As this scripture says that Jesus mentioned, he comes to steal. He comes to kill. He comes to destroy. He wants to ruin people's lives. He ruins people's marriages. That's the thief. That's the old enemy of our soul. And he's in the business of destruction in any way he can. He's very subtle, very sneaky. He doesn't announce usually that he's going to be there at a certain particular time. Because if we knew when the thief was going to come, we'd be ready for the thief, right? Well, as Christians, we can be ready for the thief because we know who he is. We've identified him. The Bible has identified who he is, that he is the enemy of mankind. Christians, we watch and we pray. We watch in that we we go to the word of God. We find in the word of God uh, nuggets of truth that that build a barrier against the enemy of our soul. We let let that be our fortification and we pray that the spirit of God will, will... Take full charge in our lives. Remember when you ruined your own life without the Lord? That was a mess. But the Lord can preserve us and keep us from falling. He can assure us that the enemy can't get any closer. And we're thankful for that. We have that defense against the enemy. A number of years ago, I think it was in the 70s. I'm pretty sure it was in the 1970s. I'll call him thief number one, and there's thief number two. Thief number one went into one of the stores, which the company I worked for had in downtown St. Paul. He went into the store this way. Now, this is any, this, I'm not giving you a lesson on how to break into a store, okay? There's a conclusion to this thing. He, he knocked a hole in the wall next to the door, in the back of the, in the alley, I think it was. And he come into the store and, and, and uh, through that hole, because the alarm system was on the door, so he busted a hole through the wall, came into the office in the store, peeled open the safe. It was an ugly mess. You can't believe a safe after it's been peeled open. It looks pretty bad. And they took the money, grabbed the money, left. So that was the end of the story, but it wasn't. Somehow or another, eventually he got caught and he went to prison not that far from St. Paul. I think it's in Stillwater, uh, Minnesota. He went to prison. And in prison, he had a buddy in that prison, evidently. Became buddies with uh, some guy in that prison. And he told him what he did at our store up in St. Paul. That's thief number two, okay? 
So thief number two eventually gets out of prison and uh, decides he's going to fulfill the dream of his life. He's learned from this other thief how to break into a store, and so he comes in and does the same exact thing. He busts a hole in the wall, goes around the security system, he gets into the, the office, peels open the safe, he's got the money all laid out on top of the safe when the police arrive. A little different situation. We'd had a security system put in underneath the carpeting in the store. I think he tripped like three alarms getting to the safe. But he still ruined the safe, but he did get caught. And I've never, never heard about the rest of the story. I was curious to see if he met up with that same guy that told him how to get in the store. And maybe they're... Thieves don't learn much by experience. They really don't. They end up doing the same thing over and over again. And Satan is the same way as thief of our souls. If he's after our soul, he, he does the same thing. Repetition. He's very, very boring in his uh, uh, pursuit uh, of destroying mankind. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Another detail found in, in the book of Genesis, chapter 6, verse 5, says this. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That was prior to Noah's flood when Noah's people boarded the ark and they escaped that flood. They floated on that flood. But this was God's summary of what was going on in the heart of man. Very detailed. God saw it. Man was wicked. And, and if you follow that verse, every imagination, we have imaginations, okay? But every imagination of the thoughts, the thought process, every imagination of that, those thoughts of his heart, of the heart of mankind, was only evil continually. Now, looking at this verse and I'm thinking, that sounds like 2020. Not a lot has changed through the centuries, has it? There is still a lot of wickedness going around. And, and that, that same process uh, takes place. Uh, the, the heart is corrupted. And the heart just keeps going on and on in a state of, of corruption. Evil continually just keeps rolling on. And, and finally, in this particular day, which, which is recorded in Genesis, God says, that's it, I've had it. That's enough. And the flood followed. It's terrible to think about it, but that's, that's how things are done today too. We, we have to be aware of the fact that the thief wants to plant thoughts in the minds and in the hearts of mankind to destroy us. He is not our friend. He is our enemy. He is the enemy of the truth. You cannot believe anything he says, but you can believe God's word. We, we can be absorbed in the Word of God. We can seek for guidance and direction from the Word of God. At every age, all ages of mankind can, can look into the Word of God and find refuge in the Scriptures. It's found there. Sometimes you'll see uh, details. Um, I, motels or hotels, sometimes they'll have a Bible in the drawer in the, in the hotel room. 
and it'll, it'll say different things, different problems that man might have, discouragement or, or the need forgiveness or something. It gives a scripture that you can go to and find. We can do the same thing. We can go to the Word of God on a daily basis. We, we can be tuned in to devotionals uh, that are readily available, all kinds of devotionals, but we, find, we need to find the good ones. And they will lead in a, in a direction and bring up a subject that is current for today. And you'll say, no, I've, I've been there. That's encouragement for me today. And, and I, can, I can seek God on that and I can pray about that. And the Lord can give me courage to, to be in this good fight of faith and to do what the Lord would call me to do. Follow that. The old, that's the Old Testament. It's good. It's good in the Old Testament too. What about the good part? Are you getting tired of the old stuff already? The negative side? I was kind of getting tired of it. We don't want to stay there too much, do we? The Word of God's got so many positive things in it. So many good things in it. The last part of that verse that Jesus said, He says, I am come that they might have life. We like life. Do you like life? I like life. You like to wake up in the morning and say, I am alive. This is going to be a good day. It's raining, but it's going to be a good day. Okay, I washed the truck. It's still going to be a good day. I have life. I have a life that the Lord gave me. Not just the breathing in and out kind of life, but a spiritual life. A life worth living. An abundant life. He goes on to say that. Not only that, he says that they might have it more abundantly. And not just abundant life, but more abundantly. It's a good idea to take the scriptures sometimes and focus on those positive places. Those parts that really bring it out and say, more abundant life? I have more abundant life? Yes, you do. With the Lord, you have an abundant life that is, is more than the average life. More than just the common stuff. This is good stuff, abundant life. And it's abundant life because it leads to eternal life. Only the Lord can provide eternal life. That's, that's a long kind of life. It lasts forever. Everlasting life. Eternal life. If you take a look at eternal, you'll find out it's primarily mentioned in the New Testament. When Jesus died, he made it readily available that we could have eternal life. Life forever. A good life with the Lord. We might not understand it entirely. Never been to heaven, so I'm not really sure what that's all about. But I've read about it in the Word of God. And that option sounds like the one you want to grab a hold of and have abundant life until we arrive to really abundant life in Christ in heaven. Recognize the fact here, I guess, that evil does come from the heart. We know that much. Evil does come from the heart. But eternal life comes from God. Life more abundant comes from God. He provides an abundant life. We even find, we find life when we seek the Lord at altars of prayer. We're fortunate to have altars of prayer. We're fortunate to be in church once in a while. We really are. You know, you can, you can come to church sometimes, uh, for a lot of different reasons. You can sign up uh, on the, on the, I guess you have to call or sign up on the website or something. I've never signed up. You could you could be an usher. Have to talk to the head usher about that. You can be an usher and come to church. Be an usher. Um, you can preach at church if you ask to preach. That's another way to go to church. 
that's, I'm not sure which choice that, that falls into, which category, but, but that's another option. At least you get to come to church, and the best part of it is you get a chance to pray in church with the people of God. That is part of abundant life in Christ. To be with God's people in the house of God when you can, and to pray one for another. And if you can't, you pray at home as if you were in church. And we've done that a lot this year. Abundant life. Abundance of grace. Abundance of peace. Abundance of love. And abundance of life and salvation. That is abundant life in Christ. That's where we live. That's what we love the most. Joshua, the 24th chapter and 14th verse, 14th and 15th verse. It's a very summary couple of verses. Joshua had lived a long life. But he came to some conclusions. Sometimes it's a good idea to look to these old timers for conclusions and how things, they've looked at life. They've lived their life. They've seen a lot of life. And now they're, they're at the end of their life. And, and they, they come up with some really great thoughts that benefit us. He says, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. That was Joshua speaking. Say, you, you need, you don't need the gods that were before. You don't need them. You didn't need them then and you don't need them now. But you want to serve the Lord. Sincerity. Not just being sincere, but being, being, being honest and truthful and fully surrendered and fully committed. Sometimes I, I see pictures or I read about this and I, I realize that sometimes when you're feeling totally, totally helpless, you see people, they'll just fall on their, on their face on the, on the ground before the Lord. You read about that. People, people do that. I've seen people do that. They're just totally as, as if there's, there's no life in them at all, but there is. Like, but they're just saying, I am humbled before you, Lord. I'm surrendered before you, Lord. We, we can, don't have to get completely on the floor necessarily. Some of us would have a hard time getting back up. But we have altars we can at least lean on. And that's a good thing. Or, or a pew where we can lean on. And, and we, can, we can be just as surrendered as if we are flat on the floor. Because we feel humble before the Lord. We feel in need before the Lord. We feel willing before the Lord. Willing to follow his will. To be a follower of Christ. Best thing in the world goes on and says, and if it seem evil unto you, there's a choice here. There's a choice. We can choose to serve the Lord. We can't be forced to serve the Lord. We must choose. It's got to be, be a voluntary choice on your part, on my part, or anybody's part, to choose to serve God. And he, he mentions that. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, then... Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. And then he goes on to say of himself, he says, kind of a personal testimony if you think about it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It was definite at that point. This is what I'm going to do. I am going to serve the Lord until he's called home. And we believe Joshua did that. We can too. We have that privilege to choose whom you will serve. Don't we have that privilege? 
Nobody forced you to serve God, did they? Oh, okay. Some may have been told, we're going to church today. You know, you were a little kid and you just really weren't feeling like it, but you were going to church anyway. Parents have that option. Take heed, therefore, because it's a good option. Go with them to church. Go with them to church. And then go to church on your own willingly and find out. I heard tonight somebody was nine years old when they got saved. That's incredible. That's the best way, really, because you can avoid so much foolishness that could otherwise follow age nine. We're thankful. We're thankful for those that follow the Lord from the young age. We're thankful for those that follow the Lord from any age. And we're thankful that we can do the same. We're thankful to be in the house of God tonight. We're going to pray. We're going to have a time of prayer. And we're going to pray around here in the church tonight. Some are praying at home tonight. But we're going to seek the Lord and be assured of one thing. We know who the thief is. And he's not going to be our friend. and never has been. And we will resist the devil steadfast in the faith because it works. We're going to stand and sing now and sing 480, come for a time of prayer.